You know, I was thinking as uh, on this Sunday around the birth of Jesus. It's a very strange event, isn't it? Like, the whole thing is just weird, really. It's very low-key for starters. I bet, I bet the first thing you did when Emanuele was born was to phone, well, after, you know, but one of the first things, you phone relatives, don't you? You tell everybody. Well, because they're always asking, right, for weeks beforehand. Any news? Any news? Any news? And you're kind of like, oh, come on. Like, and you're you know, and you're kind of like, I don't want to hear. And then Emmanuel is born, and there's a certain list of people that you have to tell, right? And, and you phone around, and your family, and your friends. And, you know, when Jesus is born, there, there's no, it doesn't go up on, on Facebook and Instagram, does it? You know what I mean? It's, there's no pictures. There's no, like, proclamation to... And, and Joseph is in his own hometown, right? He had to go back to the place. So he's got family and relatives and everybody else. And you'd have thought, hey, they'd all come gathered around. Oh, we got a new member of the family. But no, you just get these dirty old strangers from some hillside somewhere turning up. And you're thinking, well, they weren't even invited by us. Like, what are they doing? And of course, Jesus is born in not probably a wooden trough, but a stone trough, a stone feeding trough, so it would be even more uncomfortable and cold and, and not very pleasant at all. And then after Jesus is born, we have uh, on the eighth day he, he's circumcised in accordance with the, the Jewish uh, tradition. And then, then after 40 days, they go to the temple because that's the time for purification for Mary is finished, and they can go and they present Jesus at the temple. Now, we know that the wise men didn't actually come. Now, we, we lob it all in together, don't we, in our nativities. But we know that the wise men weren't at the, at the stable, right? That's just a myth. That's why the kids had to go out first, right? I don't want to ruin their Christmases. We know that for two reasons. One, because when we read it in a moment, the... the um, what they give, that there was two options in Leviticus 12. If you were wealthy enough, you would give a year-old lamb as, as a, uh, an offering for the firstborn. But if you were poor, you would give um, two doves or two pigeons. And as we read from Luke, that's what they gave because the gold, frankincense, and myrrh hadn't turned up. Secondly, they went to Jerusalem, to the temple, and if you know, Herod had already heard about it, he was out to kill Jesus they would have hardly have gone into the temple in Jerusalem. So we know, and even in uh, Matthew's Gospel where it talks about the wise men, it talks about them coming to a house, not to the stable and so on. So we know that the wise men came sometime later. But I want to read today and remind ourselves of that in-between time. So the kind of chronology is that, that he was born in, in Bethlehem. The, the shepherds turn up, uh, probably on the night of. They, they go down and say, it's just been born, so there they are. And then, who knows where they stay, maybe with family, maybe they rent somewhere, maybe they find somewhere, I don't know. But then they go to Jerusalem, which is about five and a half miles away, so they walk um, to Jerusalem to present the baby. And then sometime after that, they're, they're there in the house, these wise men turn up, they come, and then it all breaks loose, doesn't it? And then they have to flee and go to Egypt, and so they run away. And that's why Herod kills every baby under the two years of age in Bethlehem and the vicinity, because Jesus is around two years of age by then, one to two years. 
So he says, well, we better kill them all so that we gather him up in that uh, killing. And then years later, we don't know, or maybe months later, they comes back from Egypt, uh, back and goes straight north up to Nazareth, back to where he was from, or where his home was. But let's read together from uh, Luke's Gospel. And this is what it says. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise a child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, that's 40 days after the birth, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what it said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. That was for, as I said, for the poor. The wealthy would give uh, a year old goat and so on, a lamb. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was required, what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And there was also a prophet, Anna, daughter of Phenuel of the tribe of Asher, she was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Amen. Simeon was given a promise. Have you ever been given a promise or told something that you have to hang on to? A promise that you kind of remind yourself of, you know? You ever ordered something and you're not sure when it's going to come? And it's like every day you're kind of, I wonder if it's going to be today. I wonder, like, do I have to hang around today? Is it going to come today? Is it not going to come today? Do I need to go out to the shops? I kind of need to go to the shops, but if I go to the shops, that's going to be the minute it turns up. Because you know that's, and then you get one of those little, things through your door saying, sorry, we missed you. And you're like, yeah, that's just the only time I went out. That's what happens when you're kind of given a promise. And Simeon was given this promise. And you, you can think about what it must have been like. You know, you know when you're given something like that and it's like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be today and then tomorrow and the next day. And then weeks go and months go. And then maybe years go. And you're kind of going, oh, you start to question the promise, don't you? Did I, is, that, is it really going to, is it ever going to happen? What's going to... And every day he must have said to himself, I wonder, I wonder if today's the day. 
I wonder, I wonder if it's... And then one day it says he's moved by the Spirit, and it's like the Spirit goes, it's today. He's like, finally, finally it's coming. Finally I get to see. And, and can you imagine his excitement as he walks into the temple? As he goes there and he's like going, and every kid that walks through the door, every baby that turns up, if Lillian had been there, they were, oh, oh, no, no, it's a girl, that's no good. You know, like running around kind of going, well, is this the one, is this the one? It's got to be somebody. It must be. And they'll be going, and then finally, that's the one. And he holds Jesus. Imagine the panic of Mary. Imagine a stranger coming up to Emmanuel going, hey, give me your child. Hang on a minute, I don't know who you are. You know, I'm not, I'm not letting you have my baby. You know, and, and he holds this. And then what does he do? The first thing he does is he looks back and he remembers. He says, thank you. Thank, thank you for the promise. Thank you. You know, that's what this time of year is about, isn't it? We, we kind of think back and we think forwards. And that's what Simeon does. He looks back and he says, thank you, thank you for the promise. Thank you that you, now, now I, my eyes have seen and you can release me. The promise has been fulfilled to me. Thank you. But then as he looks forward, what comes out of his mouth is so unexpected. This, this child is going to be, first of all, a light to the Gentiles. Wait, 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 wait a minute. This, this child is supposed to be the Messiah. He's supposed to be a light to the Jews, a light to Israel, not a light to the Gentiles. But the first thing he says is he's going to be a light to the Gentiles. Well, hang on a minute. That's, that's, what? How does that work? And the glory of his people. Oh, yeah, people Israel. That's better. We understand that. And then he says, you know what? Your heart's hearts of people in Israel are going to be revealed because of this child. He will cause a rising and a falling of many. Imagine if I had put my hand on Emmanuel and said, this child is going to be a divisive individual. Not good news for the parents, right? You're thinking, hang on a minute, this is not, this is a baby, this is nice, it's supposed to be nice, it's supposed to be nice things. But he says, you know, this child, this child is going to separate people. This child is going to cause a rising of some and a falling of others. He's going to be divisive. And not only that, he says, this child is going to cause you personal pain as well. A sword's going to pierce your heart. No surprise that Mary pondered all these things in her heart, right? And they went, I don't even know what this means. What does this mean? But it was a looking back and a looking forward. A promise that was fulfilled and promises of what's to come. A foundation for the future. And I guess that one of the reasons I love the scriptures is because it is so real. Like it isn't just niceness. It isn't just, oh, that everything's going to live happily ever after. It's not a fairy tale. It's real life. Because as we look back to this last year that we've been through, there will be promises that have been fulfilled, things that you, you hoped for at the start of the year that managed to happen, and other things, there will be disappointments. There will be a rising and a falling of different things in your life. There may well be 
amazing times of pain and personal anguish and struggle that we've gone through this last year. Some of which we've never told anybody else or only a few people really know. Others that many people know. Because we know that in life there is pain and there is struggle along the way. But we also know that in all of it, God is with us. God is with us in all of the journey of life. And I love the fact that right at the start, right at the very outset, it's saying, you know, God understands that God, even as a, as a, a 40-day-old baby, understands the complexity of the joys and the sorrows of life. This morning I want us to look back a little bit at this year. Look back and, and think to ourselves what a year that we've, we've almost made it through. So much. I want you to think right now, what, what's one thing that stands out? What's one thing this year that you can be really thankful for? What would be that thing? Why don't you share it with someone sitting next to you. One thing that you're really thankful for this year. Think of one thing. You all done that? Didn't need an essay on it, just one thing, right? right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to test your memory here, right? We're going to have a quick quiz about 2023, right? Okay, uh, Michelle, you can be on this side, and, and Jeff, you're on this side. Okay, come up the front. You are the spokesperson, so yours will be the answer. You, you can consult the combined wisdom of this side, which, to be fair, look more intelligent than... No, I'm only joking. We'll see, we'll see. Jeff, you can consult this type, but because you're going to throw out lots of different answers, I'll only take the answer from each of you. So you choose the best one out of the combined wisdom. Ready? So this is the quiz, a quick quiz for every month of the year, okay? We'll see how you get. Okay, in January, Prince Harry, he wrote his book. Spare? Yeah, that wasn't the question. Uh, okay, the question is, how much in millions of pounds, sorry, dollars, how much in millions of dollars was he paid in advance for his book? So they paid him in advance for the book. You can ask anybody over this side. You can shout out your answers. Jeff, you ask this side. See what... If you know the answer, kind of just go, I know this one, Reg. You know it? Okay. Okay, we need an answer. Okay, we haven't got a title day. Okay, what's your answer on this side? 20 million, your answer? 25? You should have gone with what they said, mate. The answer is 20 million. So that's one for this side, okay? Right, question two, February. Nicola Sturgeon, do you remember her? Resigned as Scotland's first minister. 
How long was she in the post, number of years, before she had to resign? Okay, ask, ask the audience. You don't have to go 50-50. You, cannot, you can't even phone a friend, but you can ask. How many years Nicola Sturgeon in post? Okay, I need an answer. Your answer? Six years, eight years? Eight years is the right answer, so it's one all. Okay, for March, question for March. Scientists estimate how many trillion pieces of plastic are there in the world's ocean? A trillion is a million million. Apparently, they did some survey in March, and they came up with a figure. How many trillion, and I'll, you'll get a point for whoever is closest, right? How many trillion pieces of plastic do they reckon are in our world's oceans right now? Well, at least in March there was. World's oceans, how many trillion pieces of plastic? Trillion is a million million. That's a one with 12 zeros. You'll get a point if you're the closest. Okay, I need an answer. You can, you can stay. What's, what's your answer, Jeff? Okay. Where are you going? Um, 70. 70, and you're going? 171. Did you read the notes? The answer is 171. Yeah. 170. Ooh, I said 171. Ooh, that's impressive. Okay, that's impressive. Okay, question number six. Okay, this is April. I know I'm trying to read this right my glasses. April, okay. Avin Dugas, she in April won for the fourth time, which I'm sure you all read about, the world's largest afro. There you go. This is her, right? She won the award for the world's largest afro. She was fortunate I didn't enter the competition, otherwise I think. How, what is, they measure it in the circumference, that's all the way round of the afro, in case you're wanting to enter. What in circumference, I'll take it in centimeters or in feet and inches. What is the circumference of her hair so you know what you're aiming for next year? Go for it. Centimeters or feet, and, well, no, just do it in centimeters, let's do it in centimeters. How many centimeters? How many centimeters? Yeah. Circumference, that's all the way around. It's impressive, isn't it? Give it a. What are you reckoning? Come on, it'll be New Year's by the time we finish this. 100? What are you going for? 226, oh my days, 226. Okay, the answer is 165. Who's closest? 226, you are closest by a couple. No, you said 100, you're 65 out. 65 off 165 is 230, and you said 226, so you won it by four centimeters. So what's the score anyway? I can't even remember. Can't be, it's 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two. okay. May, easy one. Who resigned after 20 years from a daily TV UK show? 
Okay. Okay, yeah, that's one each. Right, okay, June. Archaeologists in Pompeii, you know Pompeii, the city that was under Vesuvius, uncovered a Roman fresco in June painting which showed what kind of food that they'd never seen before at that time of when, you know, they didn't think it was around in those days. But what kind of food was, was uncovered in this Roman fresco from Pompeii in June? Here's a big M. <laughs> and a guy with big red feet and a happy face. And there was a free toy that came with it, yeah? Okay, where are you going? No? Where are you going? You got nothing? You're going pizza. Pizza is the right answer. There you go. Okay, uh, so that's the point. You're still level. July. The hottest global temperature on record was actually for three days running in July. This is global temperature, right? So it was the hottest ever right around the globe. What was the temperature in centigrade? So you've got to think, you've got the hot in July up here, but it's cold, it's winter south. So what was the global temperature, which, yeah, to the nearest centigrade, well, whoever gets closest. What do you think? Global temperature. So this includes Antarctica and Arctic and everywhere. So fifty-three degrees centigrade. Global temperature. Global means that's the whole world was fifty-three degrees. Do you know how hot fifty-three? We never had 53 degrees in Britain, let alone anything else. Centigrade. Centigrade. Say what? 16. The answer is 17 degrees. Globally. First time it's ever gone above 17 degrees, apparently. The world is getting warmer. So you're up now by one, okay? British Museum August employee was sacked for stealing exhibits. Right? Do you remember this? How many did he steal in August? Some British Museum employee started stealing some of the exhibits. I think like gems and all sorts of stuff. How many before they caught him? we think okay 200 you saying 2000 is the right answer nearly 2000 so you're all level how can anybody still 2000 anyway there you go no that's when he got caught okay September easy question why did Luis Rubiales resign from Spain's football federation Yeah, yeah, okay. Everybody's got that. Do you know who he kissed? A player. Jenny Hermo Herm Hermoso. Right. 8th of, sorry, 7th of October, what major world event happened? <laughs> no. You know that. 
Yeah. It's like the reason I put that in is because it's so. We have to remind ourselves sometimes how long things go on for. You know, when I, I just went, you know what, it's October. That's like November, December, January. It's nearly three months ago that the bombings, the killings started. And it's just unbelievable, isn't it? How quickly. November. The Beatles had a number one hit with Now and Then in November in the UK charts this year. They found a lost Beatles song and it became number one. So how many years was it after their first number one, which was called From Me To You? How many years between their first number one hit and this one? Okay, you're all tied up, I think. So this is getting down to the wire. Down to the wire now. 62 on this side. What are you going for? What are you going for? 61. It's 54 years. Don't ask me when it was then. So you one up. Last. That is a point. Stop it. Okay. Last question, well, two questions more, but one last question. Which church had to evacuate their Christmas carol service because the candles set off the fire alarm? Okay. Ask. Yeah, St. Albans Cathedral. And they had to ask people to go back with their phones. Not the same, is it? Not the same. Should have had glow sticks for 1,400 people. That's what I say. Okay, one last question. You're not allowed to help in this one. All right? These two people. <laughs> Not yet. These two people became full-time workers at Trinity. I want to ask you, which months did they start full-time employment? And Elaine Stuck, Stum, no staff member allowed to answer this question, Alex, as well. All right? Which month did they start? Because it would be embarrassing if you guys get it wrong, right? That's why I'm, I'm saving you here. Which month did they start? And they both introduced one new thing into the church this year. What is the name of the new thing that they introduced? Okay, so what's the name of it? And, okay, so when, when did, uh, what are their names first? Jeff and... Peter, okay, you got that bit. Okay, let's go with Peter first. When did Peter start full-time in Trinity Church? July? June? What are we going for? July is the correct answer. Okay, when did Jeff start full-time? What are you going for? Cheetah. She's a She's a trustee. She she's an employee. Like yeah, okay. Right. When when did when did they start? Uh no, what what yeah. When when did Jeff start? January is the right answer. Full time. You've been there a whole year almost. Almost. And what were the things they introduced? Engage worship night and Sunday stream is already going. Joyful noise. 
Again, thank you very much. Give yourselves a round of applause. It was, we'll call it a draw because it's the end of the year. I know I'm bragging rights. But you guys really won. Uh, so, again, it just, time passes so quickly, doesn't it? And things become so normal so quick in life. I was thinking like Joyful Noise didn't start until September. And yet it just seems normal now. Worship nights seem normal, you know, and, and we change and we adapt so quickly, so easily. And I wonder if something like that is, you know, with Jesus, it's sometimes easy for us to do the same. Because it just becomes normal so quickly. You read your Bible every day, it just becomes normal, and then you stop to really read it, you just do it. Because it's just what I do. Worship, you stop engaging with it. You just come and you sit because it's something that I do and it just becomes normal and just becomes what we do instead of alive and different. But looking back too is, as I said, sometimes it's, it's filled with joy, it's filled with laughter, some silliness as well. I don't know, I'm looking at you two when I said silliness, but I was thinking of the woman with the hair and, you know, but also it comes with a certain degree of loss and pain and struggle. And at Christmas time we, we do the lights of life tree and we remember. And today we're just going to remember those whose names were on the tree. Can we put the lights down? And we're just going to sit and reflect. It may be that you didn't fill in a card for anybody on the tree. Then just remember in your own way, people. Remember the, the loss that we suffered this year sometimes. That there were people that we'd love to be with us still today that are with the Lord. And we can't journey with them into the new year in the same way that we were journeying with them in the past. And we miss that. 